No artist or no group of artists wants to be a one-hit wonder. You, you, you do know what a one-hit wonder is, right? Some jiffy group out of nowhere comes and has a big hit. Big hit song. You hear it on the radio every day, several times a day for a few months. And then they fade away. They would love to sustain a long and a successful career. But it's just not that easy. They tell me that the second hit is even more difficult than the first. Help me, Lord. And just because you can do it once doesn't mean that you can do it again. Well, the word I brought for you today is God is no one-hit wonder. In this text, we, are, we see a story that signifies, if you will, a repeat miracle. You do remember Exodus 14, when God had brought Israel out of Egypt. Y'all remember that? Brought them to the Red Sea. You know we were having a discussion. Can we talk? I'll preach the next time I come back. Even when you're not members of the family of God, you're not baptized into Christ, and, and you know, that's just the right thing to do. God has been at work in your life. After all, it was God who brought you here. Mommy, I'm going to need your help again, right? Hello, Nike. He brought Israel out of slavery in Egypt up to the Red Sea. Even when you and I are doing our own thing, acting like we ignore God, God is the one still doing the bringing. And when God brings us out, Deuteronomy 6, 23, he's bringing us out so he could bring us in. Y'all all right? So Moses gets to the Red Sea and <laughs> he doesn't have a way across. And Pharaoh and his army is breathing down his neck, so to speak. There is no left or right exit. So either they get taken by the armies of Egypt or they have to swim across the Red Sea. I might as well tell you right now, God, if you, when God brings you to a situation where the only way that you can go forward successfully is if he does something, That's called a miracle because it requires divine intervention. So God opens the Red Sea. Israel crosses on dry land. 
When they get across, uh -huh. yes, sir. The red, God closes the Red Sea. Y'all paying attention? Because there's so much in that. When God brings you and I to a situation and we follow him, him doing the impossible, whatever is chasing us gets drowned. This is why your past ought not ever to hinder your progress with God. Don't let your past imprison you or block you from moving forward with God. The miracle is that God opens the Red Sea, the Red Sea. Not the Jordan River, the Red Sea. They walk across on dry land, and then God closes it. Now, a whole 40 years later, they're up against the Jordan River. Another situation. And y'all know the story, right? God always shows up. I'm going to preach good today. Amen. God always shows up whenever he brings you and I to a situation. That's because the reason he brought us out, I know, guess what? <laughs> the reason he brought us out is because he already planned to bring us in to the inheritance he promised us before we even got here. Now, at the, at, the, at the Jordan River, it's not as large a body of water as the Red Sea. God brings them to the, to the Red Sea in flood season. You're going to have to read the text, right? Because you know I ain't got much time. The Red Sea in flood season becomes about a mile wide. It's not as deep. Uh, the Jordan River, rather, is not as deep as the Red Sea. Every other time of the year, there are places in the Jordan River where you can walk across. But God, Brings them to the Red Sea in flood season. That's a situation. Similar, hey, I'm sad. That, 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 similar to the Red Sea. Similar to the Red Sea, but not quite as critical. <laughs> See, Joshua doesn't really need a miracle. He could have brought them to the Red Sea when they could walk across. He had them look at the Red Sea, camp at the, at the Jordan River for three days. And then he told them what to do. What's my point? Well, here's my point. If God can do it once, God can do it again. You got that? Don't take that home with you, right? Now, let me, look, let, me, let me support that, right? Three ideas I want, to, I, want to, I want to paint before you. The first idea, we'll call it the obstacle. Yeah, a situation. The second idea, we'll call it the miracle. Well, obstacle rhymes with miracle. I didn't come up with that on my own. I saw it somewhere. I said, hey, that makes sense. But then, the optical, the, the miracle paves the way for a spectacle. 
Y'all got that? Obstacle, spectacle. I mean, miracle, spectacle. Now, watch, watch. Let's talk about the obstacle for a minute. The obstacle is the Jordan River. And the reason the Jordan River that God brought them to is the obstacle is because the promised land. Remember I shared with you, God brought us out so he could bring us to. They were on their way to the promised land, to Canaan, while they were still in Egypt. In the mind of God. That's why, this is why it ought to frighten us to want to do anything without God. You done messed up now for sure when you try to do stuff in your own strength. Where are your people that sit here, Martin? Tell, tell, tell your people. Uh, I, I ain't starting no trouble. Why are you carrying on like that? Go make me. Yeah, right? I'm just trying to share a message. And I, and I was looking for the young lady right there. That's all. I mean, that's a young lady too, but you know. Why does God bring Israel to the Jordan River in flood season? Good question. Real good question. Why? See, the Jordan River represents whatever is between, standing between you and the fulfillment of God's promised life for you. When he brought them out of Israel, out of Egypt, they were on their way to Canaan, the promised land, because that's what he promised. Put that, put that, put that Deuteronomy 6.23 back up so they can see it again. He had, he had promised that to their forefathers. Of course, you know, some of them had to die because they wouldn't get God's point. Right? Listen to this verse. Watch that verse. And he brought us out, that's what God does, from thence, that he might bring us in. To give us the land which he swore unto his fathers. So, promised land in Egypt, I think I said this already, is abundant life in Chicago. Yeah, Chicago. Maywood too. If you're alive and God brought you into this world, he brought you, into, he brought you out from nothing so he could bring you into the abundant life which Jesus died for you to have. That's a promise from God. If you're baptized into Christ, you've been delivered through the spiritual Red Sea, from slavery to sin and Satan, to the wilderness of Chicago and Maywood and the planet Earth. You read me? But we, we're just passing through the wilderness. We're not supposed to stay here forever. We're not supposed to live the life of a wilderness wanderer all the days of our life because God brought us out so he could bring us into the land, the life that he promised us. I want that so bad, you too. You got to get thirsty, see, because if you don't have a desire and a passion for it, you're not going to get it. I'm getting to that. So they're at the Jordan River. It's flood season, and the significance of that is there's a current. It's not as deep as the Red Sea, but the current is fierce. You see, the snow on the mountains are melted. And when all that water starts coming together, now the, the Jordan River, which maybe ain't but a few yards wide, now is a mile wide, and there's a current. You know, if you step your, if you put your foot in water, 
Anybody been to Niagara Falls? Because you're looking at me funny. You ever see it on TV? You ever read about it, how, how they generate power from it and that kind of thing? You don't put your foot, you don't cross, you don't cross, you don't, you don't cross the Niagara Falls on foot. That's right. That's right. You get a picture now? That's what, the, that's what the Jordan River looks like. And now they are on one side. They're on one side looking over, <laughs> over the... They could see the promised land. But between them and the promised land is the Jordan River. And the reason I stop by is so you can relate to what's going on in the text so you can understand the lesson that we're studying and take it home and live the abundant life as a result of it. See, anybody in here have a <clears throat> health challenge? That's your Jordan River. Your job begins to downsize and now you're drawing unemployment? That's the situation. It might be your weight. It might be a bad habit. Yes, sir. Okay, okay. See, you're trying to play me, but that's all right. See, you think that because you hold a straight face that I don't know that you got bad habits. You're dead wrong. Because I know that if you're alive, you're wrestling with something. If it ain't your height, it's your weight. If it ain't your weight, it's your health. If it ain't your health, it's your money. If it ain't your money, it's a relationship. If it ain't a relationship, it's an addiction. If it ain't an addiction, it's an attitude. If it ain't one thing, it's another. You feel me? There is situation around every corner. You can't duck it. As long as you're alive, God is going to bring us to an obstacle. Everybody all right? That's enough on that. Got more, but we don't have time. What you got to remember is that when you come to your situation, you got to have an approach. You can't just walk in because who brought you out? Who brought you out? Who brought you out? Can you get across on your own? You're going to drown. Life will eat you alive. And the tragedy of that is you don't even know that you've been eaten. You're so caught up in your situation that you took your eyes off of the main character in the story of our lives. His name is Jehovah. I'm coming back to that. They were not by the Jordan River because they had a crisis of faith. They were there waiting for instructions from God on what to do next. When you and I face an obstacle in life. You gotta go to God to get your instructions on what to do next. You feel me? What you gonna do when they downsize and you got and you got laid off? Huh? Camp by the Jordan River and listen for your instructions from God. And, and listen, 
you look fairly young. That is not just for older folk. That's for alive folk. See, cause cause teenagers got situations too. Thanks be to God that this is a church that has been through a lot of situations. Huh? I see you. Okay, the miracle. We got to move on, right? Y'all know what the miracle is, right? Read the text. God did again what he did before. See, whatever, if he can, if he'll do it for Jackson, what's your name? He, Ruth, he'll do it for Ruth. If he'll do it for Ruth, he'll do it for Sister Girl right here. What's your name again? Yeah. He'll do it for Susie. Thanks be to God, he'll do it for Lopez too. And he'll do it for you. He'll open the Red Sea. He'll drown whatever is chasing you. And he'll move. Y'all trying to be cute. He'll move. He'll move. See, once you listen for God's instructions, he'll drown what's behind you. And he'll move. He'll move what's in front of you. The, the, the Jordan River, this, it opened up wide enough so that hundreds of thousands of people could cross. And the water just stood still. This is why you don't look to the right or to the left. I still got to preach that. Right. <laughs> you, you, you got to be focused. This is your theme. Don't forget about your defeats. If you haven't learned a lesson yet, forget it. Put your face in your victories. You know why? Because God gave them to you. And if he did it once. Oh, glory. If he did it once, he will do it again. Because God is a miracle working God. Even when I don't need them. Even when I can wait. And some of us do that. We walk beside the Jordan River. For a few months. Until flood season is over. So. I want. I want you to understand. That whenever you and I come to an obstacle, we need to appreciate the fact that it's the doorway to our miracle. I don't want you to be thinking just because you have an obstacle that God is saying it's time to quit. Or or God is saying we got to settle for second best. Don't jump to the wrong conclusion. What God is saying is he's bringing you an opportunity to turn your obstacle. (laughs) Into a miracle. Stop tripping about your obstacle. Boy, that blessed me. Because, you know, I'm so wayward. I don't even have to get to the next corner to put myself in another to put myself in another situation. Oh. I need God more than I need money. Okay, all right. And next to God, it's my woman. Your woman? That one right there. How? 
do you position yourself for the miracle? I got two steps, maybe three. In the first, okay, I got two, but there's one right underneath, right? The first step is to get yourself ready. Read verse 5. Read verse 5. I got anybody who got a Bible? Read it. Read verse 5. Come on, y'all know we ain't got enough time. Joshua said what? He said to the people, sanctify, consecrate yourself. Get ready. Who said that? Preach whoever you are. Read. For yourselves for tomorrow. For tomorrow, the Lord will do wonders among you. I know it says wonders, but it still means miracle. Because wonders, signs, and miracles all have one thing in common. Divine intervention of the power of Almighty God. It's, it's supernatural. What God does as a miracle cannot be done naturally. He said, look, people, get ready. A miracle is coming. And that's why I came today. To help you to appreciate right now the obstacle that you're facing doesn't matter what it is. It's preparation for your miracle that's already on its way tomorrow. If you want your miracle tomorrow, you got to get ready Today. Miracles don't show up unless you prepare. Get ready for your miracle. Now, strangely enough, he says, consecrate yourself. What does that mean? Well, 2 Corinthians 7, 1. Come on. 2 Corinthians 7, 1. Therefore, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, mm -hmm. let us cleanse ourselves. Uh -huh. Y'all see that? Yeah. Underline the word cleanse. Yeah. From all filthiness. Yes, what do you think he's talking about? I knew you was going to delay. Huh? What? What? When he says... Cleanse ourselves from all filthiness. What? What filthiness? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Speak up. I know that's a taboo word. A preacher told me the other day, whenever I preach, I preach on sin. You know he has a point there. Because that's the only thing that can stop us from inheriting promised land. Sin is worse than leprosy. Because I can have leprosy and still make it to heaven. I can have diabetes. I can have cancer. I can have arthritis and still make it to heaven. You know why? Because I'm preparing myself for my miracle. And my miracle is not necessarily deliverance from my illness. My illness is just another situation. Preach Lopez. My, I said my illness, my condition is just another situation. I've been sick physically. And I ain't out of the woods yet. But if I die from whatever I got, I'm taking it with me to heaven. It ain't taking me out of here. Because it's just another situation. It's just an obstacle. And my approach to it is what determines whether I inherit my promised land. This promised land preaching. All right, you got that? Right? Get ready. Now, prior to, as you get ready, this is important. In chapter 3 of, Je of, of Joshua, uh, verse, verse 1 or 2, he says, <clears throat> where, it's verse 3, Joshua 3, verse 3. He says, when you see, That's what he say, yeah. 
I read, I read the text. You know, I read the text I'm preaching from consistently. This morning, the Lord gave me this. He said, he said to me, he, as I read down to verse 3, he said, he brought them to the Jordan River and had them camp there for how long? What are they looking at? What would you be looking at? You'll be looking at that water, man, because you're trying to figure out now how we got, why did he bring us here? Why did he do it in flood season? How are we going to get over there? Now, I know he brought me out to bring me in, but this Jordan River is in the way. So when he says what you see, listen up. Until you fix or focus your eyes on God, Moving forward successfully is near impossible. <clears throat> and let me tell you what you got to see. He says, get 12 men, put the ark on their shoulders, and have them go in the water. You keep your distance <laughs> so you can know who is leading. Y'all all right? The ark represents, what's in the ark? Huh? The word of God. There's manna in there which represents the word of God. There's Aaron's rod which represents the life of God. And there's what else? Huh? The, the Ten Commandments, right. which is the law of God. Right. On top of the ark is the mercy seat. That's the only place on the planet then where atonement for sins can be. So, so, see, the ark represents the main character in the story. In order for, that's right. That's the presence of God himself. So now what God is saying to us in this text I stop by to tell you where he says when you see is when you fix your eyes on God, you will see that whatever he brings you to, he will walk you through. That's good preaching. That, that, and that's good living. You being sick or you being broke, that's just a situation. And since life is all about situations, you got to have the right approach on how to get to where God promises you. Y'all all right? So fix your eyes on God. Everybody got to do it. And then you will see Boom shakalaka. That whatever God, I'm talking about whatever. Who's doing the bringing? God is. You might think you arrived there because of your own ingenuity. You ain't that bright. God brought you here. And the purpose for him bringing you here and you and me here is so that we can turn, he can use us to turn our obstacles, whatever they are, into our miracle. But you got to get ready. Everybody all right? I think I talked enough about that. Step number next is you got to get your feet wet. You got to get your feet this is, I call it wet feet faith. He said, put the ark on 12 men. Have them put their foot in the water. Now, I know, I know that makes good reading. But you got to, you got a visioneer. Picture you standing on the banks of a flooded river. And God is saying, hey, what's your name? Hey, Oscar. 
put your foot in the water. I almost want to ask Oscar, what, Oscar, what you going to do? You're going to put your foot in the water, right? Makes good sense, right? Because until you put your foot in the water, that water is not going to part. Y'all going to see it. Y'all going to see it. When you fix your eyes on God and you move in his direction, it don't matter What's in the way? See, that's why you got to have the right approach to your obstacle. It doesn't matter what the obstacle is. You, you ain't looking at your obstacle. Who am I preaching to? You ain't looking at your obstacle. You're looking at God. And you follow him. You ain't got to worry about what's in your way no more. Preach, Lopez. You don't have to worry about what's in your way. No. I know y'all know this because y'all been on the battlefield. But I tell you, it just blesses my soul. Wet feet. Faith. If you don't have it, no miracle for you. No promised land for you. No abundant life for you. Because you allow your past, your problems, your situations, and your present to take your eyes off of the person. The only person who can get you across your obstacle. Do I have any wet feet, faith people up in here, up in here? Yeah, that ain't for me. That's for God. Don't get it? That's for, the, that's for him who is able to part a whole sea. See, you just lost your job and got another one. You don't feel the heat and the passion of what I'm saying. But when you get sick, really sick, when you're out of a job for a long, and your family has to do without what you know they need, and you the daddy, and then God gives you a job that you've been looking for all your life and you didn't even know it? You feel me. I brought this word just for you. You got to prepare. Can I give you a PowerPoint? When you prepare, God will provide. Boy, you ought to take that home with you. When we prepare, go on to sleep because God has been working on that long before we even got there. We didn't even know it. The whole thing about crossing over is used five times in the text. Means a significant event that you move from one side to the other mm-hmm. in such a way that when you get to the other That's side, bad. you cannot be the same. Oh. Can't be the same? No. no. And, and I said cannot. Yeah. Not might not, but cannot. Once you understand that it was you focusing your eyes on God yeah. and following him, uh-huh. getting yourself ready. See? You put your foot in a flooded water. Yeah. When God leads you over that, yeah. you're going to come out different. Yeah. Your life yeah. 
is going to be different. I was telling my church, I was telling my church the other day, when you understand, listen to me, when you understand the importance or the meaning or the significance of something, it changes your life. You know why we so hard on God sometimes? We don't understand what he did to save us. We don't really appreciate the fact that God loved us so much. I shouldn't have to beg you to cross the Red Sea spiritually. All you need to do is understand and appreciate that God, the creator of this universe, loved you so much that he sent his only begotten son to die in your place and mine. He brought me back to life. Y'all don't understand what I'm saying. He brought me but I am a resurrected being. It was love. His love that saved me. I cannot be the same. And, and you know what? Neither can you. One thing I like about this church, the saints, they've been in the battle a long while. I call the sister, I told her, I say, yeah, look at the battleships sitting here. You walk up in here and you smell smoke because the member's been in the fire so long. The members, the members, my preacher, the members, you, been in the fire, in the fight so long, you smell like smoke. Just me being here is a blessing from God. I get to walk with and talk with and rub with and shake hands with. Brave in situ. Look at this man. I saw him today. He was talking about something, and he was like this. I forget what he was saying, but I remember his passion. He still got plenty of preaching in him. He's going to preach, probably preach a little slower than I am, but it won't be him preaching without a lack of passion. It's, got it, it's in his soul. He understands what fire is. And he knows how to be in the fire and know that God makes house calls. All right, all right, I got to close. I'm glad I didn't preach what I came to preach. So you understand that your obstacle is an opportunity. It's on purpose to create your miracle. Now, God is the kind of God, he doesn't just do miracles. His miracles, you see, the miracle displays the power of God. But a spectacle displays the greatness of God. I just preached. Okay, okay let me put it this way. I found a listener. This guy wasn't doing so good financially. And, yeah, it's you. <laughs> oh, it's you. It's all right, I'm going to stay over here. Real debt, 250 grand, $250,000 worth of debt. And his people were telling him, man, do you know, you know what you need to do to get out of debt? Drive a less expensive car. You save $400 a month on your payment. So he was telling his other friend, ain't somebody supposed to be sitting next to you? 
All right, all right, all right. That's meddling. That's not preaching. Where was I? He's telling his friend now. I don't know why them people, they make me so mad. Going to tell me that the way to get out of $250,000 debt is to drive a car where the payment is $400 less. He said, what's that going to do for my $250,000 worth of debt? And he's right. You know why? Because even if he does drive a less expensive car, to clear $250,000 debt is going to take him at least 50 years. But don't miss the point. Driving a less expensive car is the first step. in the right direction. That's what makes the first step critical. Y'all all right? Now, I'm back to the spectacle. <clears throat> we just experienced the Super Bowl. Right? What if it was Chicago Bears playing the Los Angeles Rams? I only know that because they told me on Sunday. Right? And the Chicago Bears showed up for the game, but the Rams didn't. Would you go? Why not? All they're going to do is run plays. You pay your money to, for the spectacle of the victory. If the other team doesn't show up, ain't going to be no victory, and there ain't going to be no spectacle. When God helps you and me to turn our miracle, our, our obstacle into a spectacle, he uses that in a way, read the text, to reveal who he is. And that there is none like him. Lopez, what you saying? I'm saying that that truth, God wants to reveal, he wants to use you to reveal to the world, to everybody you know, that he is God. And what he has done for you. He'll do for them. So, if you miss that, um, get the tape or whatever. Because I'm finished. Now, you get more involved. And I'm going to do it nice and as, as swift as I can. I've got three questions. Question number one, can God, do you expect God to move? Do you expect God to do a miracle? Are you sure? Because when you come to worship, that's a good time to be expecting God to do a miracle even if it's in you. See, you're going to get, I know you're going to get quiet now. See, a lot of us come to church on Sunday out of duty. Not expectation for God to do a miracle even if he going to do it Because when it comes time to sing, what you going to do? I can't sing. I think that perhaps the church of Christ, I ain't trying to slam nobody, 
has lost their sense of wonder by the way that we worship. We don't expect God to mend a broken heart. We don't expect that when we praise God, the situation may never change, but we Who am I preaching to? My employer is so ugly. I can see him before he opened the door. But when I come to worship and I take my focus off of him or her and I see God bringing me to my miracle. When I get back to work on Monday, I got a Tootsie Roll in my pocket for him. Yes. He's still ugly. I just got prettier. Do you expect God to change your attitude? See, we want God to change our circumstances first before we praise him. It doesn't work like that. You got to expect a miracle. Get yourself ready. Put your eyes on God and then put your broken foot in the water. And he will move your employer out of your way. You won't even see that bad boy. Even though you're working with him five days a week. Question number two, can God expect you to get your foot wet? Wet foot faith. The river is flooded. It's overflowing. There's a current going. But until you put your foot in the flood, you can't cross. I didn't have time to deal with the consecration. But let me say this. It has to do with a radical departure from sinfulness. Accompanied by a radical turn towards God. Right? If you, if you turn away from sin and turn to another sin, that ain't going to help you. You understand what I'm saying? Your turn away has to be followed up by your turn to God. 2 Corinthians 7 and 1 talks about holiness, perfecting holiness. You know what holiness is? Holiness is a thirst for more of God. Are you thirsty? Now I mean, are you thirsty? I don't mean, are you, are you, are you, are you thirsty? You ever drink water so fast, you have to stop because it's going down. It hurts because you're gulping. That's the kind of thirsty I'm talking about. Because the thirstier you are, the more of God you get. And holiness comes before honor. Before they go into the holy land, they had to become holy people. I wanted you to see that. Because now, question number three, and I'm done. I see you, you know, <laughs> starting to flex. <laughs> Are your three days up? Wow. 
because it's crossing over time. Y'all don't, you see, y'all thought I was preaching for entertainment. I'm not preaching to entertain you. I can do that out there somewhere. I'm preaching to challenge and to encourage you. Concerning your present Jordan River, are your three days up? Is it time for you to cross over? God gave him three days. Are you walking beside the River Jordan, waiting for three months to come to, come to pass before you cross? Or are you going to put your, are you going to get ready for your, y'all see that, right? Now, the crossover is spiritual, right? Amen. Perhaps you're here today, and listen to me, this is why I brought up that sin thing. If you are still in spiritual Egypt, in, in physical Egypt, Israel was a slave to Egypt. They were in slavery. Your spiritual Egypt is in slavery to sin. That's the power of the mercy seat. Atonement was rooted in the top of the ark. How do you get out of slavery to sin? Cross your Red Sea spiritually, so that you can land up in the wilderness and continue your journey to the promised land. Well, you got to hear, I just told you, you didn't realize I was telling you that for a purpose, but it was the creator of the universe, God himself, in person, sent his only begotten son. I can't think of anything else to preach that would make you want to respond to God and say, here I am, Lord. I've been making a mess of me. You take me now and make of me what you want me to be. Amen. That's called repentance. Amen. And whether you know it or not, repentance comes before power. It's in repentance of sin that God gives you power over sin. Be willing to confess with your mouth. I don't have time to, I don't have time to deal with that mouth thing. Yeah. Right? <laughs> there are four. Ma, am I over time yet? Okay. We talk about that next time. Um, confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart. See the heart and the mouth? Those are two of the elements of direction. Your eyes and your foot. When you master your heart, your mouth, your eyes, and your feet, you'll wind up where God wants you to be. They're elements of direction. You gotta guard your heart. You gotta watch your mouth. <laughs> you gotta fix your eyes on God. And when you do that, it will point your feet to where God. Y'all see that? Right? So confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that it was His love that moved Him. He couldn't, God could not not send Jesus. He loved you too much. And you respond to that by being baptized in the spiritual Red Sea back there. And God will cross you over from slavery to sin to freedom in Christ. Now if you're here, and you are in the wilderness. God never designed for you to stay, uh, live a life of wilderness wandering. Yes, sir. In his mind, you are a Canaan conqueror. Amen. 
That's what God promises you. If you want that, if you've been, if you're standing now beside the Jordan River and you're wandering around in the wilderness when you could be conquering in Canaan. Hope I didn't mess that up. Well, you know what to do. I'm done. Pass my time. Give God your response. Listen, it's your move. Don't make me beg. Come on. If you were listening, faith is only faith. Not only when you believe, right? Amen. In spite of the evidence. Faith is also when you obey in spite of the consequence. Stop tripping, obey, repent, get right, and then claim your miracle. God bless you.